ignition sequence start. Three, two, one. Lock and load. It's time for the gun rack with your hosts, Joey and Drew. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the gun racks, Nord Desert Institute School of Firearms Technology official podcast. I'm Josiah. Our folks call me Joey, and with me we have one Drew Poplin. Drew Poplin, whose hair is as magnificent as oh, I should have had something to come into that. Now it's, now it's like I don't like your hair. Oh. This hair is as magnificent as a well-executed cursive J. I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah. It's like, hey, that's pretty good, but you don't think about it that much. Yeah, I think that's maybe the sweet spot I've always been yeah. going for. It's like a, <laughs> a, a 3.9 out of 5. Well, when I originally got it cut for our friend's wedding that me and Joey were groomsmen for, it turned out like really, really well. Yeah, and to be honest, I, I wasn't comfortable with it. He's, it wasn't he's too powerful. I, it wasn't my normal scraggly, unkempt self. So uh, now we're back to more of a uh, you know, back to that sweet spot. So we're sweet doing well. Spot. We're doing well. What? Have you ever heard of Celsius? I've heard of it. I've never had it. I'm looking at something that says peach vibe, which seems awful hippie of you. So actually has like a bunch of flavors. I'm not going to lie. I've actually been cutting down on my copious Mountain Dew consumption. Um, Horrifying Mountain Dew. Like immediately get this lad. And it was Mountain Dew consumption. <laughs> yeah. It's a miracle I've made it to almost 30. And it wasn't even a conscious thing. I like. My wife picked him up at the gas station one day. I had a sip. Now, I'm not normally big on like super sparkling, you know, juicy stuff, but I really liked it. There's like zero sugar, only like 10 calories, and it claims that accelerates your metabolism and helps you burn body fat. I'm skeptical, but yeah, maybe it has less than in it. Uh, does it have caffeine? Um, I do not. No, it says essential energy, so... Essential energy. I don't know what that means, so I'm guessing no. I'm not uh, sure they know what that means, but... Probably a good thing it doesn't have caffeine in it. You know, we don't want it to corner or to be in competition with Zip Fizz. That's not possible. As <laughs> Zip Fizz is, I think, calorie-free, but it's very close and perfect in every way. Sculpted out of rock, and I drink black cherry ones, so <laughs> suck it, honestly. Oh, Zip is only a buck a pop or something like that, too. So that is that true. Apples? That is true. Don't you have to use your own water, though? You do. And water is so expensive. So that's definitely a drawback. I have a well. I have infinite free water as long as there's not a drought. Well, you know what? Some of us are in city water. Yeah. Too bad about that. Yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty sweet. Out yeah. here. Um. <laughs> And not to sound like too much of a total gun sellout, but you know what I found, found, air quotes, enormously popular, that I just picked up and is preposterously good is Black Rifle Coffee Company. Their little canned, like, you know, the little Starbucks double shot energy drink things? Yeah. It's their counter to that. And it's maybe the best coffee drink you can get that 
I've ever had that's not you go to a coffee shop and order it. Uh-huh. It's stupid good. So see, I'm happy about that. I didn't realize they started bottling and canning. I didn't either. I just thought they made really good grounds. Um, but not to shill for a company that hasn't paid us to shill for them. Cough cough. But I would say that's never uh, stopped us before. I was about to say, but I genuinely like Black Rifle Coffee Company. I thought it was just like they're they're marketing off of a really clever name, but nope, it's good. It's really good. I'll have to give that a try sometime. Yeah, it's really solid. Anyway, we have some shout outs to work through. We're gonna be talking about spring carry today, mostly spring concealed carry. Uh, but we have a couple things we want to talk through first. Uh, who's our shout out for today? So this was a very recent one. I believe he sent me an email on Wednesday. His name is David Verdorn. Ver- Verdorn? Is that Dutch? Seems I Dutch. Don't know. It sounds like the yeah. off-brand version of a World War One battle. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I was at Verdorn. <laughs> Where are you? But uh, David sent a message and he was actually sending in a drew's clues answer um but uh me and him started chatting a little bit he said he recently started listening to the gun rack and has recently just heard about sdi and he's hoping to attend soon so yeah it was just really nice to get to chat with him and just want to say david sir welcome to the gun rack mafia welcome to the gun rack mafia golf claps air horn noises anything in between honestly we're a very versatile pair of artists yes realizing our vision on a weekly basis i have to imagine the second anyone hears that on this they're going to click that speed uh skip 30 seconds uh, button you could do on on itunes just immediately skip forward get past that yeah that's why i'm going to put in like 30 seconds of dead air yeah yeah and we'll just repeat it Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Artists at work. Um, No, but thank you for that email. That's very nice. Uh, We always love hearing from you guys. Uh, And speaking of the uh, that communication, we've got another episode of Drew's Clues for you fine gentlemen and ladies out there. What do we have this week? And what did we have last week? So last week, the answer was the M. 1865 Spencer. Now, this week, this semi-automatic shotgun was designed in 1998. It uses a proprietary action design called the Argo system. And if I'm not mistaken, you referenced it just last week in our uh, most recent episode. You're uh, correct, I did. I was going to say, I know it was the, you referenced the manufacturer, and I yeah. thought you referenced the same shotgun. So... Our loyal listeners, if you remember what shotgun that Joey referenced was, and you want to get a free t-shirt, if you are the first one to send in your answer either to marketing at sdi.edu or commenting on our YouTube when we post this episode, we'll send you a shirt for free. Yeah, you will. For free. And I'll do you one better than that. I will I'll up the ante. Oh. Uh-oh. Um, Anyone who can guess where this is more of a gaming reference than anything, what ship named the Argo do you fly around in in a video game that seems to be real has a very strong veteran following? 
If you can tell me that, I will hack out a one of our more niche custom built shirts. Yo, um, subsidized by myself. So the gauntlet is down. You can tell me where the Argo is from. I'll do you one better. If you can tell me who directed the Acad- Academy Award winning film Argo, Argo, you'll get personal props from me. Okay. I had to Google what people would immediately Google to make sure it was safe, and we are safe. So if you can tell me where the Argo is from in gaming land, I will I either convince the powers that be to send you one of the fancier custom shirts, or I will pay for it myself. Now, is that who does it first, or is that anyone who does it? The person who does it first, so that okay. I don't go bankrupt. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure. It's tax season, folks. We got to save up where we can. Yeah, and for some of us, that's not a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> for, for some of us, we we owe money because we're contractors or, you know, whatever. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, anyway, ladies and germs, let's get into the meat of, of everything First, we want to talk a little bit about Sonoran Desert Institute itself. Uh, SDI, as it is known here, is an online school that helps students learn the skills and techniques. Techniques, excuse me, they'll need to be successful in the firearms and unmanned technology industries. SDI is accredited by the Distance Education Accrediting Commission, DEAC. Currently, we offer two programs of firearms technology, the Associate of Science of Firearms Technology and the Certificate in Firearms Technology Gunsmithing. If you want to learn more about Sonoran Desert Institute, hop on to sdi.edu to learn more. Uh, we have a wonderful admissions team. We have a wonderful marketing team that would love to talk to you further about the opportunity of taking some formal training in the worlds of gunsmithing and unmanned technologies. Now, let's talk about spring concealed carry. Was this a something you had an idea for or was this me? I think it was you because we had done okay. we've done winter concealed we've carry. done winter carry and normally i'll do a summer concealed carry i think we even did one last year i don't i'm not positive about that but spring is interesting and as i've been doing it i've realized some stuff that just hasn't occurred to me in the past so uh for those of you who are have not listened to those episodes or aren't familiar. Concealed carry is one of the things that I kind of specialize in as a writer and an editor in this fun little industry we work in. A lot of fun doing it, truly. I really enjoy what we get to do. It is a blessing. Um, And a lot of what I do involves trumping around with various concealed carry options, legally and uh, safely, of course. And testing things out, um, positions of carry, different clothes that make sense to carry, concealed carry belts, all, all that kind of stuff. So if you're a concealed carry guy, this episode might be for you. If not, maybe still listen, because one of the things, true, I don't even know if you know this, um, there is 26 states have now passed some sort of permitless or constitutional carry legislation, mm-hmm. including having it signed by the governor. Uh, I think it goes, I think Florida's goes into effect July 1st. If it's somewhere right around there, it's soon. Mm-hmm. So more people than ever have access to concealed carry in a legal and less less bureaucratic fashion. Because of that, we're going to see people concealed carrying that probably have never done so before. 
Hmm. And uh, this might be your first time. And and we're, oh my gosh, I guess we're three weeks, almost four weeks in the spring already. But there are some things to keep in mind. All of this, of course, depends on your specific geographic location, because when we're talking about spring versus winter versus blah, 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 we're talking about climate. During the winter, it might make sense for you to wear a lot of different layers of clothing and the way that you carry your firearm is going to change. Could change, doesn't have to necessarily. If you live in Tampa, Florida, and it's winter, you're probably not changing all that much about the way you carry. But here are some general notes for spring concealed carry. You are losing a lot of the layers, as we just talked about, from winter to spring. Most people are making the jump from jackets and hoodies and heavier coats, depending on where you live, to jeans and a t-shirt, jeans and uh, uh, button down, that kind of thing. I've already broken um, out my short shorts. Dude, that's... I feel like that's premature as you live in the mountains, but... <sighs> I just look for any excuse, really. To bust out the short shorts. I am wearing shorts right now, and that's pretty exciting. I am a shorts... Actually, my 5'11 concealed carry shorts and sandals type of dudes. So I'm here to commit fashion atrocities <laughs> each and every day. But the point is you you have to conceal the same amount with less, or you need to figure out a way to conceal less with less. Uh, here's what I mean by that. So when in winter concealed carry, your options are expand in terms of the places you can carry and the things you can carry. I have a Sig Sauer C3 uh, 1911 Commander. It's a 4.25 inch barrel. I think it's close to that which you can carry inside the waistband it does work but it's a little big um so what i'll do for something like that or my tristar t100 which is just too big to to hang out on your hip is carry it in a shoulder holster or in an outside the waistband holster if i'm carrying an enormous jacket which a lot of this winter was kind of brutal over here especially early in the mornings so i was wearing that pretty often so you get a lot more freedom on that. It's concealed, it's safe, it's comfortable. And that option goes away when that jacket goes away. You can't just keep doing that unless you want to start open carrying, which the legality of that uh, varies depending on where you're at. It's also, I try to, you know, I, there's nothing intrinsically wrong with open carry, but I do personally recommend that you conceal carry rather than open carry when you can. It's just one of those things where it's um, sometimes the public doesn't know what to do with open carry and whether it's, it, you know, it's not your fault, but or an open carrier's fault, but introducing tension, even if it's not fair, uh, can carries with it more potential for some sort of awkward conversation or confrontation than than lawful concealed carry does. So doesn't mean you're a bad person if you open carry by any stretch of the imagination. It's just something to keep in mind when you do that, which is why I always advocate for concealed carry. It's just simpler. There are a lot of positions you can carry, period, and we get reduced down to, I don't know, four, maybe, four uh, quote-unquote legit ones. You still have the, the one dude who's carrying in a belly band or something, but I'm not counting that. So when you're winter carrying, you've got your shoulder holster, you know, not too many people do anymore, but a cross draw holster, you could do your outside the waistband on your three o'clock. 
technically do an outside the waistband at your six o'clock, although I know no one that does that. Then inside the waistband carry on multiple positions. You get reduced to when you're wearing shorts and a t-shirt or, you know, something that you can, you have an untouched shirt and you're wearing some sort of pant, right? But you're not wearing a jacket over it. Primary one's going to be appendix carry. That seems to be, that just is the primary carry these days. Secondary is going to be like a four o'clock. Some people call it three o'clock, but hanging out right on your hip bone is a good way to make the, the frame of your gun just stick out. So hold it on your four and you will be happier. I promise you, especially if you're using a um, inside the waistband holster that has a holster claw, which I highly recommend. And then six o'clock, which I do not recommend because it's very difficult to get at if you're driving and it's very bad for your back if you're sitting around all day. Mm. Super bad for your back. And just telling you as someone with a bad back. Those are the three big ones. Uh, I'd add as a fourth to that pocket carry, which is always going to be a thing. If you're going to pocket carry, you must have some sort of encasement. You can't just have it loosey-goosey in your pocket. That is how, that's just preposterously unsafe. Do not do it. If you are going to pocket carry, don't put any other crap in that pocket. <laughs> you gremlins. Um I don't know what possesses people to put their car keys and a Derringer in the same pocket, but it's <laughs> so dangerous. So if you're going to pocket carry, make sure you have something that is safe in developing the firearm and that it is the only thing in that pocket and you use the same pocket position for every outfit you wear. Simple stuff. For inside the waistband, those things remain relevant. It's just, and... Uh, Appendix carry is, of course, the the father of them all right now, especially with a um, a Kydex holster. If you're not going to do that, a lot of people will do the hybrid hybrid uh, leather or hybrid neoprene Kydex, and they'll stick that at their four o'clock or their six o'clock. The six o'clock carry has a lot of appeal for a lot of folks because of if you're super overweight, that's the easiest place to put something on your waist that no one's going to see because your shirts are looser and they're hanging. Appendix, we've talked about a little bit. If you have a berry, and I have less of a belly than I did about a year ago, but I still definitely have one. It's even now, it's very difficult to appendix carry. I know people that do it. I've seen it all the time. I don't get it and wish them nothing but the best for those that do. So normally I do this during the winter. I do it. I try to carry at the exact same position, whether it's outside the waistband under a jacket or inside the waistband under a jacket and a shirt, or just inside the waistband under a shirt, I try to carry at four o'clock all the time. With a good holster claw and a good concealed carry belt. Did we ever do an episode on concealed carry belts? I feel like we did. I think so. Um, this is a little bit of recapping, but if you are a concealed carrier, you need a belt that is built for that, or something that is artisanal AF, right? I love a good cloth belt. They're super comfy. You, it needs to be something that can bear weight. It can't be one of those you get at Walmart that's kind of flimsy. You need something with a hard core or something that's super thick. Uh, honestly, if you, that is the thing you can skimp out on the least. I would rather you have a good concealed carry belt than a second magazine for your handgun. Um, I mean, get, get both, but uh, the... The belt cannot be understated in terms of how important it is to safe and effective concealed carry. So that's pretty much it for carry positions. The other thing you want to keep in mind for a lot of areas, you get the April showers, 
bring Mayflowers. Mm-hmm. What do Mayflowers bring? Pollen. Pilgrims. Um oh my it. yeah. I, we got uh, we got jokes. Yeah. Oh, that's how we do it. Um to but, edit in a rim shot in there or something. Yeah. <laughs> um you are getting the return of brutal humidity for a lot of April. Right now, we had a thunderstorm about two hours ago. I went out to uh, let my my dogs out, and it was like soup out there. Mm-hmm. Surface rust uh, will be a thing if you are not paying attention. I would uh, highly recommend that once a week you take a peek at your handgun and make sure that you are all of the places that could rust, especially the exterior, are good. If not, take five minutes, field strip the thing, scrub them down, and then put it back together and you're fine. Those are all things that are very important for any humid carrying, which is like three months out of the year. If you're a sweaty guy, it's always including winter carry. And that's me. I learned that the hard way. I was like, I don't need to do that. And then a month later, it looked like I had unearthed my concealed carry firearm from the wreckage of the Titanic. <laughs> it's true. It was, it was decrepit. It was super embarrassing. I actually had, um, I, I think I spent 90 minutes going through each individual piece because I was like, never again. Um, so fortunately, if you listen to something like this, cleaning guns is probably something you enjoy or at least don't hate. Mm-hmm. And we could talk about proper gun cleaning sometime in the future. So there's maintenance for you. There's carry position for you. And the final thing I'll mention is carry choice. Um, You don't want to pick, you don't want to have 800 different concealed carry firearms. Most people only have one uh, or two. And I would say no more than three probably is going to make the most sense. Mm -hmm. If you want to have something that's capable for pocket carry, all right, that's fine. Um, But you, if you want to have a bigger gun for winter concealed carry, or if you're going to drive around a lot, I get that. But you want something in the compact to subcompact range that you can comfortably put on your hip that's not going to jut out. And so I have the uh, SIG P365XL, which we've talked about a couple times on here. Finally got the chance to take it out and do some actual shooting with it. I limp-wristed a couple times and got it to jam up but that was a me thing as we proved empirically and embarrassingly when i was at the range um but it is a good handgun it is also freaking tiny uh but i have huge hands and could make it work i would venture almost anyone on this podcast can make it work if i can or listening to this podcast i should say that's if you don't want to do that something like a glock 19 size i wouldn't go bigger than that you could probably make work uh, when you're doing that, when you're going inside the waistband, I've been pivoting. I used to be hybrid for days or leather for days. And I honestly, I still like a good leather holster for outside the waistband carry. It's very comfy. But a good Kydex holster, uh, I have one from KSG Armory that they gave me. Um, just super nice of them. And with a something called a holster claw, it has completely changed concealed carry in a way that is... I can't really overstate how how impactful it has been. You get the uh, the frame of the handgun jutting out when it's you know you have curves to your body and a handgun doesn't have a lot of those. And the claw basically is an extension of the top of the holster or the uh, clips, but for the inside that pushes against your belt to push the handgun close or the frame of the handgun closer into your body, um, and massively reduces the printing you have going on so if you take a thin firearm 
like the 365 XL, which is very thin, and you put that there, it's, I mean, there is absolutely nothing that I have to, like I wear, I don't wear oversized shirts. A lot of people do, and I get it. I don't have to wear particular special pants or jeans or whatever. I just wear what I'm normally wearing and go about my day. And uh, I never worry at all. Mm. It's just there and done. Huge, life-changing uh, holster system there. Definitely a fan of KSG Armory. Recommend them. I don't get any money if you go buy their stuff. But uh, they did give it to me for free, so I wanted to say that. Those are the ba- main things, really. You want to make sure that you're careful about your layers of clothing and your choice of gun. You want to make sure you've invested properly into a good belt and holster. And you want to make sure you're maintaining it all right. The only thing I'll add to that is if you're going to carry it a different position in a different season because of clothing or what have you, you need to train with that. You need to practice carrying in that position for a while. Um, You need to make sure that is where you're reaching instinctively or uh, making sure that you're covered and all those things that are, you know, safe when you're, drawing or not drawing from a holster and all that so you want to be very very safe and the best way to do that is be consistent and practice and know what you're about and as always with all of this i think i've said it twice already but state and local laws are so important as our federal laws obviously and as we are seeing state and local laws are changing constantly um so pay attention things are working pretty well for proponents of concealed carry almost everywhere This is a very exciting time to be in the industry in that space. So be looking up those state and local laws. I do it about twice a week. Um, You don't have to do it quite that often, but at least once a month, you should take a peek and make sure that everything is kosher. And yeah, I think that's it for spring concealed carry. I did have one question and I kind of said it jokingly when you did your whole stupid um, Mayflower bit. <laughs> Sorry. Um April showers brings Mayflowers and Mayflowers brings pilgrims. I said pollen. Yes. I was wondering it because you know I don't you know I have like a gold Honda that turns a shade of bumblebee yellow. Yeah, like like freaking extra gold. I have the exact same color car. Yeah. Every every time spring comes around it's because disastrous. Because yeah, because the pollen is so bad, I imagine you know carrying inside the waist probably eliminates a decent amount of that because not only do you have the holster, you have your clothing too that blocks it, and so it's not necessarily a concealed carry question. But do you find that you have to worry about that at all? What like allergies and pollen and stuff? Oh, like pollen getting into your gun, like having to clean it more often or anything. Um, I don't think I've ever had any problems with that. Most of the issues I get are just from being sweaty and gross. And then that then gotcha. infecting my handgun. But I work outdoors a lot less than a lot of people that listen to this. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe they've got more of a background in that space. If you do, send us an email at marketingsti.edu and let us know if there are other factors that are affecting the maintenance of your guns for concealed carry. Yeah, that would, that'd be an interesting episode too. Yeah, it'd be super fun. Uh, Ray, for some tales... Tales from the Range. Tales, tales from the Range. There's a minor key there. Yeah, a little, a little sad. I know it's rainy today, man, but... Yeah. You know. Sad boy. 
fanboy yeah. vibes. And say that's my thing. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not wearing a beanie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh this one once again comes from the highroad.com. If nothing else, the high road man, they've uh they've given they've us come through almost over half of all of our tales from the ranges at this They're point. Delightful. So. This is from user Connell Rad. Picture an informal desert wash shoot with a bunch of regulars back in the mid-80s. Are you picturing it, Joey? I don't know what half of that says, but yes. Well, maybe a dozen of us, all told. The only good spot to hit targets from down in the wash, which, if you know what a wash is, please let me know. I don't know what they're talking about. Oh, it's, um, I think, if it's like what I have encountered in Arizona, it's where the flood floodwaters come through when it rains and just erodes this big old it's like a creek but totally empty i might be wrong though that sounds like it totally could be a i mean he's talking yeah. about a desert wash so yeah the only good spot to hit targets from down in the wash is about 15 yards wide that's where we were set up down in the bottom was a large old steel tank rusted to almost nothing it was one of the handy targets for us an older heavyweight cowboy type rolled up and asked if he could shoot with us. Sure, we said. I think he was a bit uncomfortable with our type of armament, so he went a bit west, down the bank, and set up a small table and pulled out a Buntline Ruger SA. From his vantage, he was looking at the concave bottom of that old tank. He fired one round at it and fell down yelling, I've been hit. Turns out his slug flattened out and bounced off the thicker part of the tank, hitting him flat in the gut. So it was like this disc of lead that was about the size of a silver dollar. He had a beauty of a bruise just below his navel, but was okay you know, after a bit and some cool H2O. He packed up his table, his pistol, and he left the souvenir with us. He was lucky he didn't hit an edge on like a sharp frisbee. That's wild. I've never heard of... That's what happened to me. It turned into a silver dollar? No, it didn't turn into a silver dollar. It just flattened out and then came back and gotcha. but i have never heard of anyone else that's had that happen to them so solidarity my dude but that's <laughs> yeah completely flattening out is you're right that's yeah. bonkers i forgot did you say you had like a you had a pretty bad bruise from that yeah i did have a bit of a bruise from that it sounds like his was a little worse than mine but well it's been a pretty informative episode we've talked about spring carry joey figured out what a what a wash was so that was pretty yeah, cool maybe <laughs> yeah and um we discovered once again the utter joy and power of ziffiz so you know ziffiz. all in all a pretty uh pretty solid episode powered by dude ziffiz. i i can't wait for two weeks from now we got the firearms draft coming up i'm so excited for that oh dude get excited it's gonna be it's going to be a lot of fun. And then we have the real life draft also that week. That too. Um, that too. So it's lovely. I'm in a, uh, in rehearsal for a uh, show right now. And on my conflict calendar, I pulled on Thursday, April 27th. That's amazing. <laughs> Cause I got things to do. As they really only that first, what, 30 minutes to an hour of the draft is really important for you. Well, the Patriots also pick, and I'm also a Patriots fan, and they will about that. guaranteed trade back into the draft um, <laughs> and keep me there for the whole... I mean, I watch the whole thing anyway, because it's fun. I hope you're excited um, for when they select another interior offensive lineman from Chattanooga. Don't make me hurt you. 
he turned out pick up another linebacker from Lenore Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> who also turned out to be pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I guess what we a weird can... man. Yeah. 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 But we are for our listeners, the draft is actually currently going on right now. It's going to take yep. about a week long. We got four teams participating. I say teams, but it's four individuals. Oh, we got one weeks. just now. We got a, our first pick in. Did the first pick come literally in? as you were speaking? Yo, that's a weird choice too. I hate that pick. Who's who's team Bakelite? That's that's George. George. Ugh. So pretty. Yeah. That's well, that's a good teaser, though. Like, you know, uh, if you want to see what the first overall pick of the firearms draft was, make sure you tune in two weeks from now. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, we're very excited to share it with you guys. All right. Well, until then, this is, the, is gun the gun rack. rack. Yes, sir. Have Ladies fun. and gentlemen, stay safe. Sweat some. It's good for you. Drew. Yes. I uh, listen. You don't have to worry about me sweating. I sweat awfully. Jokes on that was a discra- distraction. We will see you at the range. Got no, it. boom, done. It's fine. Sonoran Desert Institute is an online school accredited by the DEAC. It is headquartered at fifteen fifty five West University Drive in Tempe, Arizona. For more information about how you can craft your firearms future visit sdi.edu.